College students perceive marketing to be a glamorous and exciting role in an organization. Between shooting TV commercials, photo shoots with aspiring models, and launching new products, it is one of the most sought-after roles coming out of school. The reality is, nothing could be further from the truth. In the early stages in consumer packaged goods companies, marketing is one of the grungiest roles. But, if done well and thoroughly, it prepares you to become a general manager because you're learning everything from the ground up. The best and most effective marketers have three key traits. The first is they love playing the game. Second, they have an insatiable drive to search for answers. And the third and last one is they are good at simple, fast, basic math. The key role of any marketer general manager is looking at and grinding out the numbers. Essentially, you're constantly digging for buried treasure. We're not talking about calculus numbers here, and it totally escapes me why university business schools mandate this course. What is really needed to succeed is simple math, to navigate the profit and loss statements, be it for an entire business or individual items within that business. Simple math, adding and subtracting, making sure that everything is included is the type of math practiced playing cards, counting in bridge, cribbage, or hearts. Those who do play frequently have initiated face-to-face -face contact and social interaction skills which every successful marketer has. They walk around. They care about people's feelings. They care about them. A self-made female millionaire that I know very well went from flat broke with a child in a new province to becoming president and sole owner of a company which generated over $10 million in top-line sales. Yet she struggled with simple math. After weekends of card games, today she puts people to shame with her rapid counting skills and strategy. Just by having fun and practicing and loving the game. Today, her investment strategy for that money is now reaping even bigger dividends. Putting math to work in your head, minutes, is also how to work smart first. So, let's look at a situation. You're looking to buy a business or a franchise. The pro forma P&Ls on the website, so the ones that are given by the seller, are meaningless without validating the top line number of customers and sales. So sit in front of the store or business that you're looking to buy and estimate the average sales per day based on customer traffic. Once you extrapolate these out or take a look at them for a full year, you'll be confident that the sales numbers are indeed possible. If they are, then move on to step two. What's the estimated profit on those sales? What's your salary to be? What's left over to pay off the cost of buying the business? These are back of the napkin calculations. If there's nothing of significance left, then you just bought yourself a job and are not working for yourself but rather for the landlord and the government. So now you're running the business and you have an hour a day 
where you're not selling and there are no customers. Take this time to evaluate the profit on your biggest five items. This is the application of the 80-20 rule where 80% of your profit comes from 20% of your items being sold or inventory. These most profitable items are the ones you want to promote, to feature prominently at the front of the store, near the checkout. Doing so allows your cashiers to interact with consumers, communicating the benefits of such an item, with the objective of convincing consumers to make an incremental purchase, which is one they didn't intend to make when they walked in. I was stunned that some of the largest CPG marketers did not know their unit sales or profitability of key items off the top of their heads. This is where the easy money sits. Get the sales team to focus on the most profitable items and you improve your profit mix. After you've evaluated the top five items in your portfolio, then work your way down the list. Once past the 20%, you've got to become ruthless. These are items that make little money because of either low sales or high costs. So get rid of them. Clear them out. Don't order them again. Tying money up on these means less inventory and less turns, or the number of times you sell an item in a given period, of the higher profit items. So these items have a significant opportunity cost. How do you avoid the excuse of opportunity cost? Well, my model for buying and selling a specific group of low-risk stocks was born out of necessity. You can't live on 1% interest rates on T-bills. Confident that the best person to manage money was not to outsource it, I devoted many weeks and hundreds of hours testing the responsiveness of over 50 top blue-chip North American stocks, and I tested them back prior to the correction of 2007. Only 18 companies proved to respond with the greatest accuracy to a specific parameter. In the first year of executing live, my partner did not want to adhere to the system of selling when the indicator said we should, because it was going to lead to a loss of a dollar a share, and we hold thousands of shares. Being stuck with this stock for a full 12 months, because most of our trades are only 30 days, had an extremely high opportunity cost. During this period, the price dropped considerably lower, forcing us to hold it until it returned to that original $1 per share loss. However, the opportunity cost was tens of thousands of dollars. During this intervening year, during which we were holding the stock, it had five entries, and these exits and entries combined to deliver $20 per share, or 20 times the loss we were going to take in profit. So it is better to take a short-term loss than to let time pass for that same loss to think of what you could have been doing with the 20 times more money you'd have. Marketing is this kind of game. Optimizing return on investment against other opportunities you might find. You want to make the most of your money. 
I sold the Colonel's Popcorn Store three years after purchasing it as I could make more money doing what I do best than I was going to make because the president of Colonel's did not believe in the benefits of advertising. With all of our personal money tied up to live exactly the same life just did not make sense. So we got out and I never looked back. The numbers do not lie. More importantly, they help take the emotion out of decisions and they lead you to working smart first. The objective of the game is to win. You do so by securing the maximum profit from both time and money invested. Now, how do you make the most of the time your employees spend with your customers? Simple. Take the Walmart intent, but have you and your people put it into practice optimally in our next experience.